The Westminster Confession of Faith was first published in 1646. It was the result of the hard work done by a group of men called the Westminster Divines. Their goal was to outline what they believed the Scriptures principally taught. And it has been said that the Church of Christ cannot be creedless and live. Thankfully, the Westminster Confession of Faith has been the creed of the Reformed Church for almost 400 years. This podcast seeks to point you to Christ, to help you navigate the Westminster Confession of Faith, and to see you understand what you believe and why you believe it. Welcome to This We Confess. Westminster Confession of Faith, Chapter 7, Of God's Covenant with Man, Paragraphs 1 and 2. The distance between God and the creature is so great that although reasonable creatures do owe obedience unto him as their creator, yet they could never have any fruition of him as their blessedness and reward. But by some voluntary condescension on God's part, which he has been pleased to express by way of covenant. Paragraph 2 The first covenant made with man was a covenant of works, wherein life was promised to Adam and in him to his posterity, upon condition of perfect and personal obedience. One of the main debates that we as Reformed Christians are often involved in is a debate centred around infant baptism. We are told that it isn't found anywhere in the scriptures. We are told that it should have been rejected at the Reformation. However, the debate which begins with infant baptism is a debate which has begun in entirely the wrong place. Before any discussion of the biblical practice of infant baptism can take place, we must first understand covenant. Reformed Christians are covenantal Christians, covenantal theologians, Men and women who believe that we can only understand the structure of Scripture when we understand covenant. Our great and mighty God deals with sinful humanity by way of covenant. And there are two main covenants in the pages of God's Word. The covenant of works and the covenant of grace. Chapter 7 deals with both and helps us to understand what is meant by both. But the opening paragraph of this chapter deals with the necessity of the covenant. Why does God have to relate to us by way of covenant, by way of an agreement with promises and with sanctions when we break the agreement? The reason given by the Westminster Divines is because the distance between God and the creature is so great. God is not like us. God is spirit, and God is holy, and God is infinite, and God is most wise. God is the creator, and we are the creature. We cannot approach God as if he is our best friend down the street. We cannot approach him as if he is exactly like us, and he is our equal in every way. This is absolutely a nonsense. The distance between God and us is so great that we need to relate to him in some God-ordained way. And this is, according to the Westminster Divines, by way of covenant. 
Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 13 outlines this great distance. Who has directed the spirit of the Lord or been a counsellor to him and has taught him? And Job chapter 9 and verse 32, we read that God is not a man as I am, that I should answer him and that we should come together in judgment. And in Psalm 113 and verse 5, who is like the Lord our God who dwells on high? Of course, the answer is that none of us are like him. None of us have ever counseled him or taught him or directed him. None of us can ever answer him back. None of us can come together with the Lord in judgment. None of us are like him. He is the great, infinite God who dwells on high. But despite the fact that the distance between God and the creature is so great, we do owe obedience unto him as our creator. The opening paragraph here in this chapter outlines that very fact. We owe God obedience. Psalm 100 and verse 2 tells us that we are to serve the Lord with gladness. We are to come before his presence with singing. We are to know that the Lord is God, that he has made us, and we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Even though the distance between us and God is great, we owe him obedience. But we could never come to any fruition or any understanding of God as our blessedness and reward without him first voluntarily condescending to us. It is that that the Westminster Divines go on to outline. They speak of God's voluntary condescension, or in other words, God comes down to our level. We could never go up to his level, so he comes down to us. And he expresses this voluntary condescension by way of covenant, by way of an agreement, by way of an arrangement, by way of a promise. And so in summary of paragraph one, the distance between us and God is huge. We owe God obedience because he is our creator, but we would never have any clue about him as our blessedness and reward unless he first voluntarily condescended to us. And God expresses that voluntary condescension by way of covenant. As paragraph two begins, it speaks of the first covenant. As we have already stated in this podcast, there are two covenants of which we speak, but the first made with man, according to the Westminster Divines, was a covenant of works. It was a relationship dependent upon obedience. We read in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 12 that the law is not of faith, but the man that does them shall live in them. This is a good summary of the covenant of works which was dependent upon the obedience of humanity. And this covenant of works is summed up in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 17, where the Lord tells Adam, Of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Adam and Eve were walking with God in perfect blessedness. And this relationship would have continued for all of eternity, if Adam had have obeyed. The condition of this covenant of works was perfect and personal obedience. It was incumbent upon Adam to follow God's command, to walk in the ways of the Lord, to do what the Lord had told him to do. If he had followed with this perfect and personal obedience, then life was promised to him and in him to his posterity. However, 
if his obedience fell short, then the Lord made it clear that the day Adam disobeyed, the day that he ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he would surely die. Death was not part of creation. Death was the enemy that would enter in only if Adam's obedience faltered. And as we know, unfortunately already, as we've worked our way through the confession, that's exactly what happened. The fall of sinful humanity was indeed great. And so in these opening paragraphs, we see that the Lord God Almighty enters into a relationship with his creatures, with humanity. He does so by way of covenant because the distance between us is so great. And the first covenant called here the covenant of works was dependent upon humanity's perfect personal obedience. If humanity had continued walking in the ways that God had outlined, then we would have enjoyed life, life abundant, walking with the Lord in perfect blessedness and righteousness. But because of the fall, because we rebelled against the Lord, we have come under the curse of the covenant of works. We see that in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that does not continue in all the things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Because we did not keep God's law perfectly, completely, then we fell and we came under the curse of the law and under the sanctions of the covenant of works. Of course, this is incredibly bad news, but thankfully chapter 7 doesn't end with the covenant of works. And in the next weeks, we will speak of another covenant the covenant of grace, and the mediator of that covenant is Christ himself. Today, thankfully, we are no longer under the curse of the law. We are no longer in Adam, but through faith in Christ, he has redeemed us from the penalty of the law. And how did he accomplish this great work? Again, Galatians speaks in chapter 3 and verse 13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. It is humbling to note, isn't it, that just as the curse fell on sinful humanity at the foot of a tree, so too it was lifted as the Son of God died on a tree. As always today, here are some questions for you to consider what you've just heard. Question 1. What two covenants exist in Scripture? Question 2. According to paragraph 1 of chapter 7, why are covenants necessary? Question 3. What do we mean when we speak of God's voluntary condescension? And question 4. What was the promised blessing of the covenant of works? And what was the promised curse? A slightly shorter episode today, but we'll hopefully make up for that next week. But please remember uh, that we are giving away a copy of Chad Van Dixhorn's book, Confessing the Faith, along with his wife Emily Van Dixhorn's book, which is a little study guide to her husband's work. 
to be in with a shout of winning this. All we want you to do is go on Twitter and give us a little thumbs up. Let the world know that you're listening to the podcast, that you're benefiting from it and where they can find it. Either Twitter or Facebook, give us a shout uh, on either of those platforms and hopefully by episode 25 we will announce who has won uh, Chad Van Dixhorn's book. But that's all for today. As always, I am Scott Woodburn, and until next time, this we confess. Thank you.